Hello and welcome to our Bible teaching. Uh, we're going to be continuing a series tonight that we started last week on the realm of God. Uh, and it's, it's my desire with this series to really open our, our eyes and open our hearts up to more of the manifestation of God through our lives. Now, I've spent a, I've spent a large amount of the last few months uh, on these Tuesday night teachings talking about the miraculous, talking about the manifestation of the power of God, talking about the things that God wants to do and God, God wants to do through his people. See, we, we, we have got the glory of God. We've got the presence of God in the inside of us as believers. And, but, but so often we, we're very disconnected from that. It's one thing to have the power of God in us. It's quite another for that power to flow through our lives and to manifest and for God to do miracles through us. Many times people, Christians, they know they've got the power of God in them. They know they've got the, the glory of God inside of them, but it, it never really seems to show up or flow through them. And part of what I'm doing, especially at the start of this series, is we're looking at some of the things that, that disconnect us from, from that flow of God through our lives. Some of those things that as to why God's not manifesting as much through us and uh, flowing through our lives. God's, God's wanting to raise up a people where his presence, his glory manifests, shows up. Miracles begin to happen through us. Not just individuals, not just certain ministers, not just some people, but through the body of Christ, through believers, walking in the glory, walking in the presence of God, manifesting his glory on this earth. And this is possible. Now, I believe in the day in which we live that God wants this to happen more and more. And he's calling his people into some things. He's, he's saying it's time for us to start stepping into some of the things that he's been preparing us for, for decades, for a long time now, through teaching and through understanding faith and understanding how to get the word of God working in our lives. And how to have the Spirit of God flow through us. Being aware of God, is, His presence is in me because I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then being a vessel that His power and presence can flow through. Uh, and, and so it's, it, we're coming into the day. We're coming into the time where it's, it, it's time for us to step in. It's time for us to step up to the plate and to be the body of Christ on this earth. And not just to be the natural church and the natural organization and the religious institution, but to be the body of Christ, the called out ones, the ecclesia, the ones that God has called out to, 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 to be the vessels of light on this earth, in this, the darkness that's manifested on this planet. Many Christians are getting focused on all the devil and all the darkness but God's solution to the darkness is light. Even the way back in Genesis, he said, when darkness covered the earth, he said, let there be light. Jesus said, you are the light of the earth. Believers, the church. So it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and to step in. I, I, I don't believe we've, this isn't something God wants us to do in 20 years time and 30 years time as we cruise along going at our own pace. He's calling us, it's time to step in. It's time to begin to be the vessels that God can manifest his glory, his power and his presence through. Now, part of this, 
is some of the things I've been teaching about. And part of it is, is, is what I spoke about last week and what I want to talk about today. Last week I talked about, uh, in fact, we can go there in Romans chapter 8. We talked about how the more naturally minded we are, uh, the, the more focused on natural things we are, very often it, the effect that that has is, is we become disconnected from the things of God, from the flow of God through our lives. And the natural mind has become the barrier that has kept many people out of the, the realm of God. Uh, we, we, God, wants, God wants the natural, the, his, 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 the heavenly realm to begin to manifest and show up in this natural world. And, 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 and you know, we, we talked a bit about some of the miracles. And the miracles are not according to natural law. Miracles are things way beyond natural law. And, and when miracles begin to happen, that's when the heavenly realm touches this realm. And one of the things that's so important is that we need to become aware of the fact that there's more than just the natural world. Not just know it, aware of it. See, there's a difference. See, many people, oh, yes, I know there's a heaven. And yes, I know there's the realm of God. Oh, that's nice, nice. Ooh, hoo, hoo. You know, no, awareness, walking in an awareness of, of the fact that there, there's, there's more than just the natural world. And, 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 and angels, the Bible talks about angels showing up in this realm and, and just appearing out of nowhere. They're just there all of a sudden where one moment they were not. And the things happening, Jesus walking on the water, natural law just didn't apply to him anymore for a moment. See, this, these are the kinds of things that we're going to start walking in more and more. I believe that as the glory of God it manifests more and more through the church. Um, but in order for this to happen, there's some things that there's some things that are holding us back. There's some things that we need some adjustments on. And we need to start getting out, uh, some, some focus changes to take place. So I'm seeing all the good evenings. Good to see you all. Good evening, everyone coming from, because this video goes out on YouTube and on my personal profile on Facebook. So all the different places people chatting to, but hello to everybody. Now, let's read, let's read in Romans chapter 8, uh, which I referred to last week. Romans chapter 8, I'm just going to read verse 5 and 6 for now, and then we, we might get on to verse 7 and 8. But um, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says this, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, there's two things that he's talking about here. He's talking about people who live according to the flesh and people who think according to the flesh. Now, just for the purposes of this series, Let's, let's use the word the natural instead of the flesh there. They live according to the natural. They, they set their minds on the things of the natural. In other words, the natural is their focus. Uh, and, and, and it's all about my natural life, who I am in the natural, what I achieve, my job, my status, my income, my house, everything in the natural. Okay. Now, I, you know, I'm, 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 I don't have a, you know, I'm not one of those people who has a problem with God. God, God doesn't have a problem with people having natural things. But so often we become focused on that. And that becomes the primary thing that, that, that consumes people, that drives them. My plans, what I want to do, my life, who I want to be, where I want to go. And you see, this is one of the one of the reasons that God often can't flow through people's lives as much, because there has to be a priority focus, a priority shift, a focus shift. 
where we begin to realize my life isn't all about what I want to do, where I want to go, and the natural things that consume me. My, I, I'm part of a heavenly kingdom. Uh, the, everything, you know, James talks about the, the natural world. He says life is like a vapor of smoke. It's gone in a moment. There, there, there's a message in, in the New Testament about the temporary nature of, of the natural world. It's just temporary. There's a, there's an, there is a realm of eternity. And when we begin to get eternity minded and we catch a, a vision in a heart of the eternal realm and the eternal realm of God and begin to realize that that's where the real importance is at. That's where the, 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 that's where my mind needs to be focused on and my attention and the things of the kingdom of God. But you see, the natural mind becomes a trap or becomes a barrier which, which pulls us down out of functioning in the realm of God and gets us consumed with just the natural things and the natural world. And I'm going to read you some things that Jesus said in a minute and possibly some things from the book of James and some other things. And, and I want you to catch, uh, catch the heart of what these scriptures are saying. See, last week we looked at the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of people who spoke to Jesus couldn't understand what Jesus was saying because their mind was so, they tried to interpret everything he said in the natural. And very often Jesus was talking heavenly things to them and it made no sense. Um, and, 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 but today I want to focus on being eternity minded, being willing to, to, to make the shift that's necessary to make eternity your primary focus. You see this in the, the writers of the New Testament. You know, even Revelation, it talks about, you know, the, that verse which says they overcame him, the enemy, basically, by the, by, by the, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And it went, goes on and it says, and they did not love their lives to the death. They, they weren't so concerned about clinging to my natural life, clinging to, to, oh, no, no, my life. This is my life. I can't let go of this. See, this is stopping a lot of Christians. This is, this is becoming an obstacle. This is stopping many Christians flowing in the realm of God. And it's stopping the, the manifestation of God through their lives because they're clinging to everything, that, uh, that my plans, everything I am in the natural. They're, they're naturally minded. They're naturally focused. And a lot of their prayers are all about, God, you bless my natural plans. You bless who I am in the natural. You see, God doesn't mind you having natural things, but he, he doesn't want us to be consumed like those are the things of top importance and top priority. And, 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 and you know, some Christians say, well, I'm a Christian, you know, natural things are not the most important to me. <laughs> Very often, even with Christians, just because you go to church, just because you, you know, you listen a little bit to the word, it doesn't mean that, 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 that you are more heavenly minded and, and that you've, you've taken that shift. There, there's more of a shift. Many, many, many people that God wants to flow through and manifest through. What's blocking them is, is that they're caught up so much in natural things that God's presence can't flow through their lives. They're naturally minded. They're living for the natural. And then they just want God to bless everything of who they are in the natural. Let's look at what he says here in Romans 8. He says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So my life is all about the natural and the flesh and my mind, my focus, all my tensions on the, the flesh and the natural things. 
Uh, and, and then he contrasts, he says, those who live according to the Spirit set them, the things of the Spirit. Or in other words, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Their, 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 their mindset is spiritual things and heavenly things. Um, now let's let's go on because I want you to I want you to see what he's saying. He says this in the next verse, verse six, four. In other words, this follows on from what he's just said in verse five. He says he's talking about people who live according to the flesh and who think according to the flesh. And in verse six, he says this for to be carnally minded is death. Now, what he calls carnally minded is the consequence of what he said in the previous verse. In other words, people who live according to the natural and the flesh and focus on and think and their minds are on the things of the flesh, that is being carnally minded. It's when the, the, the natural and the things of the natural world become your, your consume you more than anything else. And what he says this is that is death. I don't think we've realized the impact of this. The more, con the more focused you are just in the natural things, the more connected you are to the realm of death and the less that God's life can manifest in your life. There's many times, many Christians are trying to get results. They want God's power, God's life, healing life to manifest in, the, in, in, in their bodies, but they are carnally minded. So death has greater access to their life than life has to their lives. It's not just a matter of throw up a quick prayer and God answer my prayer. If we're naturally minded, death has greater access to our lives. If we're trapped and caught up just in the natural world, and that's our biggest priority. He says to be carnally minded is death. In other words, death has greater access to your life. Death is going to show up more in your life than anything else. And then the next verse, he says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The more, the more we become mindful and focused on and our priorities become the things of God, the more our lives become accessible to the life of God, the life of God, the things of God can flow through us more. This is why it's talking about the mind again. This becomes the barrier that keeps us out of flowing in the things of God like he wants us to. And uh, more than ever now before, God's saying it's time for us to begin to, 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 to make this shift. And we're going to look at what this shift involves as we look at some of the things Jesus said in just a minute. Now, let's, let's, let me just read you the next verse there. That was verse uh, 5 and 6. Verse 7 says this. He says, the carnal mind is enmity against God. So again, the carnal mind are the people who live and think according to the flesh. And he says the carnal mind is enmity. It's hostile to God. It's pulling in the opposite direction as God. See, you're going to have a tough time living, a, 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 living in the things and the realm of God if your mind is pulling you back into the natural all the time. Now, I understand this natural things you've got to do. I mean, we have to work. I'm not saying go and quit your jobs and just live in a cloud somewhere. Okay, There are natural things you have to do and take care of. But when, when our lives become consumed with that, that's, that's different to just taking care of the natural things you need to take care of. Okay. It says the carnal mind is enmity against God. And the next verse, he, the next phrase, he says this, for it, the carnal mind, in other words, the people who think and live according to the flesh is not subject to the law of God. Now, that word subject, we, we might say submitted, but it, it's a military term and it's got to do with 
bringing something under the 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 the, the um the military leader bringing someone uh, someone under the ranks of a military leader bringing them into line basically he says the carnal mind is not in line with subjected to and yielded to the law of god now if the carnal mind is not subjected to and yielded to the law of god that that's going to mean that the things of god can't flow through that person it's a blockage and this is this is keeping many Christians out of the things of God. The more naturally, the more carnally minded, and the more the more our lives is all just about my life, what I want to do, my plans, who I am. God bless me and what I want to do. And the less eternity minded we are, the less heavenly minded we are, the less aware of the the, the things of God and the realm of God, the less God can flow through us and do things in our lives. And in the, this is why I say this has become a barrier. Now, let me say this as well. This was on my heart earlier. Is that being carnally minded and being spiritually minded, it's not a one-off event. You don't, you don't become spiritually minded and now for the rest of your life you're spiritually minded. You can fluctuate between the two. You can, you can spend a year of your life or two years of your life, you go to Bible school and you just focus on the things of God, you, you, you're getting the word, you're focusing on God. And then after that, you, you, you kind of spend less time with God and you shift and now all the natural becomes all the focus again. And, and you can go from having been spiritually minded where God is flowing through your life and become more naturally focused and, and consumed with the natural again and slip backwards into more of the natural uh, more of the, the, the natural consuming and running your life and cutting you off more from the flow of God in your life. You can fluctuate. You, you have to maintain the spiritual focus, maintain the spiritual mindset if you want God to flow, keep flowing through your, through your life more and more. Now, with that foundation, I want to go back and look at a few things Jesus said. See, Jesus was heavenly minded. When Jesus taught, we already know this, the words that he spoke were spirit and life. He, he came down from heaven. He understood the realm of God. And the, a lot of how he interacted with people showed that, that he was trying to get people to shift into a more heavenly mindset and more consumed with the things of heaven. Now, let's look at a couple of examples of some things that happened. And, and um, the first one I want to look at is the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. Now, the, the point of this passage is not the man's riches. See, so often people have used this passage to say God's against riches. But it's not the point of the passage. The point of the passage was not actually that this man had too many things. Now, I'm going to show you this. Jesus didn't say you've got too many things. That's what's stopping you entering the kingdom of God. Okay, let's, let's read this. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. <coughs> says, now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, this man is coming to Jesus to ask him about spiritual things. So at, at first appearances, you would think this man wants the things of God. There seems to be a desire inside of this man for the things of God. He just doesn't know how to get them. And, and, and he, he says it all wrong, and Jesus has to correct a bit of how he says it. But at the end of the day, there's a desire inside this man. This man wants things. There's, there's something inside of him that's yearning for, desiring the, the manifestation of God 
in his life and more of God. But what you're going to see as this passage goes on is that his desire for the things of God was not strong enough to overpower his desire for natural things. His desire for natural things was bigger, was more important to him than, 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 than his desire for the things of God. And because of that, even though he had a desire for the things of God, it was, it was not strong enough to, to, to consume his life. And as a result, he missed out. See, there's many Christians that, oh, man, I want more of God in my life. I want more. You know, oh, I just want, I want to spend more time and pray. And then it's like natural things take over. And they become, they get desire those things more and they get busied up. And then they don't spend time in the things of God. And six months later, they still, well, I, I want to grow closer to God. I wish I could have more time with God. But you see, natural things keep holding them out, keep, keep taking dominance. And that's what happened with this man. See, the hunger for spiritual things has to become powerful enough inside of you to overcome the natural pull on you. There's a desire inside of us for natural things. There's a desire inside of us for spiritual things. Whichever of those desires is more powerful is going to win and pull your life in that direction. With this particular man, he had a desire for eternal life, but he wasn't willing to do what was necessary to walk in it. And this is what happens in the passage. So, you know, Jesus in verse 18 says, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. And then Jesus pointed him to the Ten Commandments. Now, Jesus was not trying to say to this man, in order to get eternal life, you must do the Ten Commandments. In fact, Jesus is actually doing the opposite. What he's showing, Jesus knew that this man was already doing the Ten Commandments. And he's trying to show the man what what you're currently doing isn't solving that hunger, is it? That the, you're still hungry, even though you're doing all the commandments, you're trying to do this. Jesus is trying to, trying to locate him. He's trying to show him, hold on, let me show you what is actually going to fulfill that desire on the inside of you. And get your focus off all of those things. So first of all, Jesus points him to the things that the man had already been trying. But it, it makes this man aware that that's, I'm doing all of that and it's not answering the desire in the inside of me. And... Uh, Verse 20, the man says, I've done all those things since I was a youth. I can almost hear Jesus say, exactly. Still hasn't solved the problem, has it? Now Jesus has clinched him. Now he's ready to show him what is necessary, what it's going to take. What is it going to take to walk more in the things of God and to have that hunger and that desire for God fulfilled to, to, to its highest level? Now Jesus says in verse 21, then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said, one thing you lack. Just pause there for a moment. Sometimes we don't catch what Jesus just said here. See, sometimes people focus on what the man had. Well, he's a rich man and it was his riches that were keeping him out of the things of God. No. Well, in one sense, yes, but the problem was not being rich. The problem was not what he had. The problem is what he lacked. And this is, Jesus looked at a man who had everything in the natural and he located his lack. He located the one thing he didn't have. This man had everything in the natural and Jesus said, you're lacking something. And he pointed to him. So for a moment, ignore everything else that's in the verse and let's see what in the verse does Jesus say he will gain 
He tells him what to do, but then he says, you're lacking something. Let me show you how to get it. And then he tells him, this, this, you will have this. You will gain it. So he says, one thing you lack, go a few verses, a few words later in verse 21. And it says, and Jesus says this, and you will have treasure in heaven. What this man lacked was heavenly treasure. He had everything in the natural. He had nothing in the heavenlies. His life was consumed with who he was, what he had in the natural. And, and, and he, he, he lacked heavenly input in his life. He lacked heavenly treasure. Now, what Jesus was telling him, he was showing him how to get heavenly treasure. When he said, sell what you have, give to the poor, it wasn't because Jesus was against riches. It was because those things were holding this man back. Who he was in the natural was holding him back. And many times Christians are like this. They so, <coughs> they're so consumed with the natural that they cannot get a heavenly vision. They cannot get eternity minded. And, 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 and the natural things keep pulling them back and their focus keeps going back onto the natural things. And they're not willing to let go of what they need to let go of in order to gain the far greater things. See, this man, when Jesus said this to him, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, give me more of your time. Come be around me and you'll start getting all that heavenly treasure. Come spend more time in my presence. But you've got to let go of whatever is, hold, is stopping you spending time with me. And for this man, it was, it was his natural riches. For, for a lot of other people, it's other things. Many times people are not investing enough into heavenly things in their lives. And that desire remains unsatisfied on the inside. They want it, but they're not willing to do what's necessary to get it. This man walked away from Jesus sad because he wasn't willing to do it. It, it, the grip that the natural had on him kept him out of walking in heavenly things. And, and he walked away sad. He couldn't do what was necessary because the natural consumed his life. It was all about who I am, what I have, and what, I, and, and what I've achieved. My natural life. God bless my natural life. God doesn't mind you having some things, but he wants our primary focus to be heavenly things. To become more eternity-minded in our thinking so that the natural things are not the most important things to us. That's why Revelation says they loved Lot not their lives to the death. They realize, oh, just let go of the natural life. It's not the most important thing. It's not the most important thing. But people cling to who they are, what they have, and what they can do in the natural. Their identity is all found in what I've achieved in my natural life. And all their prayer lives are consumed with God bless me. God, give me. I want, give me. I want more in the natural God. And like I said, God doesn't matter my answering prayers. But the motivation behind that with a lot of Christians is they're not that focused on heavenly things. God is in their life for the purpose of, of just making their natural lives better. Because they've got no eternity vision. This is why, see in Matthew chapter 6. Many people have heard this where it says, um, Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He says that the heavenly father will take care of you. You see, many times people use that passage to teach how to get free from worry. Say, well, Jesus said, don't worry about your natural life. Now, they actually miss what Jesus is saying. Yes, Jesus is saying, don't worry. 
But the reason he says a person can get free from worry is because natural things lose importance to them. He says, don't worry about your life. <clears throat> the Gentiles seek after those things. In other words, their life is all about what, who I am in the natural. He said, you make your life about seek first the kingdom. Make that what your life is consumed about. And you won't, you won't worry about natural things because they're not that important. That's the way to get free from worry is for those things to become less important to you. Who I am in the natural. See, the lesson in that passage is not. Let me show you how you can worry less about natural things so that you can get more natural things. The lesson of that passage is become kingdom minded, become kingdom focused. And, and, and you see, many people say, well, I am I am I am seeking first the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added. So where are all the things? Immediately that tells me this. Their motivation for supposedly seeking the kingdom of God first is to get all the natural things. So in other words, they they're not really seeking the, the kingdom of God first. They're seeking it for the purpose of just getting more natural things. God's looking for people who will begin to say natural things are not that important. I think, and, and, and when he finds people like that, God will bless you in the natural. He'll take care of you. He'll make sure I'll take care of all your stuff. But become kingdom minded. Become heavenly minded. Become eternity minded and focused so that the natural things, you don't really worry about them. They're not that important. What I achieve, not that important. Whether I get my house, not that important. God says, now I don't mind giving you a house because <laughs> it's not important to you anymore. What's important is heavenly things and investing my time and my life into heavenly things. Now, let's look at another. Uh, is he, and, uh, so that man who came to Jesus. He couldn't let go of the natural that that's gripped him and he couldn't he, he couldn't walk in the greatest things that God had for him because the natural gripped his life. This is the many Christians, even though they might not be rich, they, they're still in that same trap. They're not able to step into the greater flow of the manifestation of the glory and presence of God through their lives because natural things are more important to them than things of God. And then and they can't become heavenly and eternity minded. We need to make a shift. God wants to manifest his glory through people. God wants the, his power to manifest through people. But it's going to manifest through people who are heavenly, eternity minded. Who, have, who, who The things of this earth have grown strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's become the most important thing in their lives. And then we'll find that we become more connected to the realm of God and God's glory and God's presence flows through us onto this earth like he wants it to. But this, this issue, the natural mind, living for the natural has become a barrier that's keeping a lot of Christians out. They keep, the natural things keep coming the more important things to them. Okay, now let's look at another thing that Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. Uh, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 13, it says, then one from the crowd said to him. So someone in the crowd cries out to Jesus. He says something. He says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So obviously we don't need to know the details. We can only kind of surmise it from that statement. Evidently, this guy and his brother 
are in a dispute about their inheritance. Maybe their parents have died and they want to inherit the land and now the brother and him are fighting over it. Now immediately there's a problem there. See, people fight. Oh, what I, I, want, I want what I should have. I want my stuff. This is what this guy's doing. It's my right. It's my inheritance. I should have it. Okay. And he was willing to have a breakdown in his relationship with his brother all so that he could get his stuff. His stuff was the most important thing. What's more important, family and, 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 and people or things? See, this man, this is why people argue over stuff. They want to fight over it. And I want to get my stuff. And so this is where this passage starts. It's over these two, this guy saying, he wants Jesus to intervene. You come tell my brother that he must give me my stuff. And, and Jesus picks up on this. And the first thing Jesus said is, I'm not a judge between you. It's not my job to, to get involved. See, just because people want you to get involved in something doesn't mean you should. Jesus said, I'm getting, I'm getting involved in that. But then Jesus went on to teach something. This is, and it's based upon what's just happened. This man, he wants my natural stuff, what I've got a right to. At verse 15, Jesus goes on and he, and, and he says this. He says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, covetousness very much has got to do with that, that desire. I've got to have more natural things and all the things I've got. But then Jesus makes this amazing statement. He says, as for one, uh, one's life, well, I think that King James said a man's life, a person's life, does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. In other words, Jesus is saying this, life isn't all about what you, your stuff and what you got. Okay. Now, if life does not consist in, in things, if life isn't all about things, what is life all about? Life's about eternity. Catch a vision of what it's really about. This is why, this is why um, James, in, in his epistle, he's got this, there's this thread that goes through the book of James where he, he's trying to show people the temporariness of life. Don't just grab a hold of everything and try to make something of who I am in the natural. Begin to realize there's an eternity to live for. There's something bigger. There's something greater. And the more you follow after and pursue eternity, God will bless and take care of the things in your natural life. God can promote you, can, get, can take you up to a much higher status. When you begin to realize what's of true importance, eternity-minded. And many Christians have become so thing and so naturally focused that they, they, it's, it's holding them back from walking in the greater priorities. It's one of the reasons the manifestation of God isn't happening through people. We're, nat we're naturally minded. He, he, Jesus said, it's not all about what you've got. This is the words of the master. It's not all about your natural life. He then went on and he told a parable. And in this parable, let's, let's look at what he says. Now, Jesus talks about a rich man. He, verse 60, he says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Now, that's not a bad thing. God sowed a crop, got a big harvest. That's in itself is not a bad thing. So Jesus is not saying that's wrong. Okay, it's what happened next that was wrong. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? Now, it's not wrong to ask yourself a question. He thinks, what should I do? I, got, I don't have enough space. Okay. Right there, that's not exactly the problem. It's partially the problem. You're going to see what I said. But notice this. 
Verse 18, so he said, I will do this. Now notice how many times he said, I will, I will, I will. I will do this. I will put down my bonds and build greater. And there I will store my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you've got many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. What's the problem here? Where's God in anything he's saying? That's the problem. It's all about him making his natural plans and what he's going to do. See, James says this about people who just make all their plans. He says, just pause for a moment. He said, maybe you should think, what does God want in all of this? That's the summary of what James is saying. You need to pause for a moment and say, God, what is your will? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to focus on? Now, God is not saying it's wrong to save. Because in the Old Testament, God told Joseph to save for seven years. So it's not saving that's wrong. It's not building bonds that's wrong. What's wrong with what's going on here is this man is me focused. My natural life. What I've got and how I'm going to improve my life. He's left God out of the picture. And, and, and it's because he's consumed with his things. And this is why verse 20 says, but God said to him full, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose, will the, then whose will those things be which you've provided? In other words, you've lost sight of eternity. It's just consumed with me. You're not even considering, what does God want me to do? What's the plan of God? What, do I, what does God want me to invest my time in? Now, when you become consumed with what God wants you to do, he'll bless your life. He'll give you stuff. He'll give you things. He doesn't have a problem with that. But he wants us to be consumed with his things, not our things. And this is keeping a lot of Christians out of the realm of God. It's keeping many. See, I, this, I, I have not stopped talking about the miraculous right here. This series is digging into why many people are not walking in the manifestation of the presence of God. Why? Because they're not heavenly minded. They're not eternally eternity minded. They have become disconnected and have become naturally focused. And it's all about God bless my life and what I want to do. God's looking for people who will say, God, my life's not that important. What do you want me to do? I'll walk in your plan. And I thank you that as I give my life to what you want me to do, I thank you that you'll bless me and take care of me. That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added. For seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. God will add the things. He'll take care of you. When you become him focused and eternity minded, live for the plans and the purposes of God. Make that your first priority. And this is what Jesus goes on. Sorry, this parable, uh, verse 20 says, soul, full, your life, your, this night your soul is going to be required of you. Verse 21 says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's the actual problem going on there. That's the same as that rich young ruler. Jesus said to him, you don't have treasure in heaven. This verse, he's talking about people who are rich toward God. They're just laying up their lives, their treasure for themselves. The more you do that, the more your natural life becomes the primary focus. The more you'll find you're carnally minded, you're living for the natural Death has access to your life. The, the, the life of God can't seem to flow. You become disconnected from the things of God and the manifestation of God. 
and, 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 and this is something that God, God is calling us to become more eternity minded, more focused on him, more aware of the things of God and the manifestation of God in our lives. Because the more we do that, the more we'll step into the flow of the greater manifestation of the things of God. And the more God can use us, the more his glory will begin to manifest through us. God's looking for a people that his glory will manifest through. He's looking for us people who become more heavenly connected, more focused on eternity, more focused on the things of God, the realm of God, the manifestation of God through our lives. So that he can begin to manifest his glory through us so that we can take a step up, let go of just the being so trapped and caught up in the natural world so that we can be, step over into a higher realm, get closer to God, and we become the connection between the, the realm of God and the natural realm that God begins to flow his glory and his presence and his power through onto this planet. See, in years gone by, individuals have stepped into this. You look through history, you see the Smith Wigglesworths, the John G. Lakes, the Finneys, the revivalists, the individuals that have stepped into this. Many of these people, it's because they became consumed with God. They became focused on what does God want me to do? I'm going to live my life for God. But it's been individuals. It's been isolated individuals. And when it happens with an individual, God's glory begins to manifest through them. And very often revivals happen. You look through history. Revivals happen through people who become consumed with God and just let go of my priorities. The difference with our day is this. This isn't the day for just one or two individuals. This is the day for the body to step into this. This is the day for all of us, individual Christians. And I've said this before, Joshua and Caleb couldn't cross over into the promised land by themselves they needed the whole body to all get in the same mindset and cross over that line the whole group the whole nation and the day in which we live is not the day for the individual to step across it is the day for a mindset to happen change to happen in all of us and as long as the majority of us are still not taking this this change even if one or two are trying to press in but the majority are still so consumed with their natural lives that they're not heavenly focused. It's going to hold the whole body back. God wants to manifest his glory through his body right across the planet. In every nation, every location, there's a church, there's a Christian, there's a believer. But it's going to take us taking a mindset change. It's not just ministers who should give up all so that they can follow the kingdom of God. It's not just ministers. See, in, in days gone by, we just thought, well, that's just people who go to Bible school and go into ministry. They're the ones who've got to, you know, live for the kingdom. Now, all of us, all believers, these messages are in the Bible for all of us. This, this is the, the type of people that God wants to manifest through, is a body of believers who live for eternity. They live for the plan of God. The things of God. 
become the primary focus and importance of their lives. And they're willing to let go of anything they have to in the natural. They don't love and cling on to their lives and their things. Whatever is going to hold me back for God, I'm going to have to let, I'm going to let go. Okay? So that I can make God my primary focus and become consumed with Him. You imagine what would happen. Okay, let me put it to you this way. You look back through history and you see what happens when individuals do that. Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake. What do you think when an entire body of Christ does that? What do you think when hundreds of us and thousands of us begin to make the plan of God, the things of God, the most important thing in our lives so that we can become vessels that God can throw, flow through on this planet? You talk about a revival. You talk about a manifestation of God's glory on this planet. It's, it'll be beyond your imagination. This is what God wants. This is one of the reasons it hasn't broken out yet. People say, well, you know, we, we know revival's coming. Why hasn't it broken out yet on mass? You know, I'm, I'm not, there might be some churches growing and little things happening yet, but why is it not broken out on mass yet? It's because God's waiting for a bunch of us to catch up. <laughs> There's things he's stirring in individual hearts. And I believe many of you know that God's calling you into, to, to step into some things. But see, the natural keeps pulling us back. We'll focus on the things of God for a while, and then we'll drift off and we'll, we'll start thinking more on natural things. And natural desires will take over and we'll become more disconnected from the things of God. And the enemy keeps pulling us back into that. See, God's wanting us to take a step higher as a body, as a group. And that's one of the reasons it hasn't broken out yet, because God's waiting for the, the, the majority to catch up. He's saying it's time to catch up, people. It's, it's not just your pastor who should be walking in the glory realm. It's the whole church. It's not just the pastor who should be full of the manifest presence of God and stand and arrive on a Sunday and manifest God's glory in the service. It should be the whole church. Let's catch up. Let's make the plan of God, the things of God. The primary, most important thing. Let's begin to realize my life isn't all about my natural things. My, my life isn't all about the things I possess, what I'm going to achieve. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. That's what really matters. And exactly, just as Becca said, the enemy is very skilled at pulling us back. He does it subtly. We get excited about God. We spend a few months, we pray, we get in the word, and then we kind of just start to listen and listen and listen and just become more and more naturally focused again. And we become disconnected from the things of God. Let's become eternity minded. Let's make the plan of God, the purpose of God, living for God's kingdom and his realm, top priority. And willing to let go of anything that's stopping me do that. So that we can begin to step into a greater flow and the manifestation of God. So last week we talked a little bit more about being naturally minded. Today I just tried to drift a, a, a little bit in the other direction and focus more on being eternity minded. Beginning to realize it's not all about what I've got. It's about the kingdom. It's about there's an eternity to live for. It's going to come a time when this natural world is just so meaningless. Drift away into nothingness. It's not the most important thing. It's going to come a time when eternity and the natural world, the Bible talks about heaven coming down right at the end of Jerusalem, at the end of Revelation. 
you know, and I, I don't want to go into all of that, but there's going to come a time when, when the realm of God and the natural realm just connect up together and God's glory manifests and we're going to live in eternity. And it's going to, all these things that were so important to us, we're going to realize it's not that important. It's not that important. The, thing, the plans that I wanted to make, God's got far bigger plans, far bigger things for you. So make a decision. But like I said, just as a close, that man, that, that rich young ruler who came to Jesus, he had a desire. He wanted, he said, what must I do to get eternal life? He had that desire, but that desire was not strong enough to overpower his desire for natural things. And when faced with a choice, all my natural stuff, or that little desire I've got for the things of God, when he really had to make a choice, he walked back to the natural things that were more important to him. And that's where Jesus said, you lack treasure in heaven because you're not eternity minded. So I trust this stirs your heart. Now, there's a lot of things I want to talk about in this series, but I, I really had it on my heart to start on living for eternity or living for the natural. This is where we go, because as the series on the realm of God goes forward, we want to become more aware of and more living for the eternal realm and for the eternal things of God. Those are top priority. That's what really matters. Amen. So God bless you. And um, just just one or two quick announcements. Um, we're going to be doing. Uh, normally we do meetings around the country and I normally do regional meetings. Um, those haven't stopped. We're still looking at things and buildings and stuff like that. But um, I'm going to be doing a national online meeting from these shores. Uh, and it's, it's, it's for, for anybody who wants to connect more, and specifically in the UK. I mean, people can watch from other countries if they want to, but it's focused on the UK. But I believe we need to more and more draw together the different groups that we've got around the country to begin to realize we are one group. We are one nationwide force for the word. So I think it's, 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 it's the second... Second Friday in, in November, but we'll put some ads out about that. It's going to be online because it's aimed at the whole country. It's aimed at people from everywhere rather than just one of our regional meetings. But it, I want us to begin to realize that more and more we're raising up a people in, in the nation who are word focused, who are hungry for a word and a spirit revival in this nation. So we're going to I want to draw everybody together in one group. So we'll put some information up about that. Uh, and and uh, please look out for that advert. It'll, it'll be on an online meeting, but we'll put some information out about that. So God bless you. I see the thank you. Thanks, Patrice, for watching Nisha and Becca and some of the others who've been commenting. God bless you all. And we will see you all again um, next week. Oh, one more thing. Any of the people who watched internationally, you might suddenly have realized this, the time has might be different from what you used to. It's not because we started at a different time. It's because UK clocks have gone back an hour. So if you suddenly came on and we weren't here or you came on late and you're like, Where did the, how come the teaching wasn't at the normal time? It's because the clocks have changed. You might need to make an adjustment if you watch internationally to the, uh, to, to the times for these teachings. But God bless you. Hi, Jane. Good to see you as well. And uh, we, will, we will be back again next week with more for this series. Bless you all. Bye-bye.